Welcome in for another episode of SODFS brought to you by Sons of Dynasty and proud members of True North Fantasy Football. Follow us at Dynasty Sons and subscribe to the TNFF Network so that you can enjoy it every week with us every Thursday night at 9 o'clock. I am Dan. You can find me on Twitter at DanBrownNFL. And here to my left is special guest Mike Reedy from The Undroppables. You can find him at MikeReedyFF. And you are probably familiar with some of his weekly content like Untangling the Wire and Money Makers and Heartbreakers, as well as his podcast, Cheat Sheet, available on Spotify. Mike, what is going on, my man? I appreciate you joining us on short notice this week due to my regular co-host Nate being ill and unable to be here. You were stepped up to the plate and I am pleased to have you here this evening. I am super happy to be here with you, Dan. As you know, I'm, I'm a fan of your work. I have been uh, before I even started writing myself um, and, you know, fan of the Sons, Sons of Dynasty, now Sons of DFS. Uh, super happy to be here with you, man. First time I think we've been on a pod we're talking just fantasy football so i'm excited about that yeah man uh i think we've been together on shout out to our friend jemo the icon uh been on a couple of his episodes those get a little crazy i don't think we're going to be doing anything quite to that extent here this evening just keeping it fantasy football related dfs in particular talking the main slate about this sunday uh, a little bit smaller of a slate than we've had throughout the start of the season with just 10 games this week uh, you know, last week was a barn burner. There was touchdowns left and right. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about this pre-show, but it, you were pretty much needed to get up into two, 225 uh, up there to really get a good payday. I, I had one lineup go just over the 200 mark with a Trey Lance and, and Debo Samuel let down that would have really carried me into the gold. Uh, how about you, Mike? How did you fare this last week and what was a, a, a crazy week in the DFS world? I had a lineup take me to 186. Um, I was pretty happy with it, to be honest. Um, I play in a DFS league with some some friends, kind of like a home league, where we get together and play every week. And I kicked the living hell out of everybody in it last week. Uh, I think the next closest score was 40 points behind me. Um, I did a little uh, skinny stack on the – the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and uh, then I, I threw out their Devontae Adams, which I knew was uh, due for a touchdown, and uh, felt really good, right? Felt really good to take all their money. Um, I like doing that. Yeah, no, those uh, those leagues can be fun. I have one of those as well uh, with, with some, some buddies that I've played in other leagues with. They constantly are sending invites to a little $5 winner-take-all league. And sometimes there's only four or five of us in there, and on a good day or a good evening, we'll get up to about 15 or 16 in there. Uh, and th th those can be super fun, uh, kind of getting a mixture of a cash build with a, with a few variances to try to get a little different, like I mentioned, playing with 10 or 12 guys, uh, just trying to find that 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 strategy. And, and, you know, that's that's what we love about this game is all the strategies that can go into the different slates, uh, the, the, the different even contest style showdowns. I, I really love the showdowns, trying to get in and get different, find find the puzzle pieces that really fit up uh, on any given slate. And I think that's what we really love about this game is it's a puzzle that we all love to do. Yeah, I, I agree. It's like sometimes you want to play the chalk. 
and sometimes you want to avoid the chalk, right? So it's 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 interesting. Um, I I think uh, um, Damian Williams was very chalky last week, right? Like everybody was playing him. I, I was playing him. I knew everybody would play him, but he was so inexpensive that it allowed you to have multiple ways to build around that. Uh, you know, it's it is like putting together a puzzle. That's a great way to to explain it. I think you know um, and. When you pick certain pieces to start your build, it allows you to build around that. And I, I think sometimes that's the key, right? Where are you starting the build and, and how are you going from there? Right. And when there's such an obvious value on, on the slate and, and that is what drives the pick to be chalky itself, you know, that's the chalk that I don't mind building around. There's still plenty of time to, to vary into your, your, your particular build around that one, maybe even two chalky pieces that week. But if the value is there, you almost have to get on board with that and, and know that, you know, with, throughout the rest, maybe you need to, you know, kick it up a notch as far as trying to get a little bit more different with the rest of your build. Good advice. But Mike, let's not waste any more time. Let's go ahead and get into some of the games here on this main slate. And we would be starting with the Bengals at the Lions, 47 and a half for the point total in this one. Uh, a few guys, you know, that, that we could definitely target in this game. Uh, Joe Mixon is a guy that I am interested in on the Bengals side of the ball. The Lions have given up 27 fantasy points per game to opposing running backs this season, which is the fourth worst in the league and ranked the third worst in football outsiders rush DVOA at 5.1%. We saw Joe Burrow get a little bit more banged up this past week. Reports going to the hospital with a throat contusion. This guy can't catch a break mixing a little banged up this past week appears to be a little bit better of a position to take on a bigger workload this week maybe take the the load off of burrow a little bit in the passing game i'm in on joe mixon at 6400 there are a lot of running backs in the 6000 range that i like this week how do you feel about joe mixon at 6400 all right, so you, you may know, because uh, I know you're a dynasty player, and those are the people who usually get mad at me because I'm always saying never mix and never mix and never mix, and uh, this week I'm not, right? So so the Lions give up, a, an, on average, a week 111 yards rushing, 23 yards receiving, and two touchdowns to running backs. Uh, it doesn't get much better than that. This is set up really nice for, for Mixon to produce. Now, granted, I'll tell you, if he doesn't produce this week, you're going to see me hashtag and never mix it again like crazy because it, it's really set up nice. He was supposed to get volume that he hasn't really been seeing so far this season. I, I don't know how the coaching staff could even just defend themselves, though, if they don't give him the ball 25 times uh, um, Sunday. I just – they have to. It's, it's – yeah. that's they, they how they – they need to feed Mixon uh, the football a little bit more. Uh, you know, I've, I've seen enough of Samaj P. Ryan for my likings. Let's get Mixon a few more totes and, and not, not uh, you know, rely on Joe Burrow to throw the ball. The volume has been down there in Cincinnati. It's, it's kind of a reason that I, I've been softening. Uh, I was very in on this Bengals offense to start the year once we saw Joe Burrow healthy, uh, but the passing volume just hasn't been anywhere near what we were seeing at the end of last year. Uh, and they seem content to run the football a little bit more, which is another reason why I am buying in to Joe Mixon. It looks like P. Ryan might be on the COVID list as of right now, according to our uh, inside source, Coach Craig Sports, who is always with us. Coach, we appreciate you tuning in. Samaj P. Ryan on the COVID list. I mean, 
if I need another reason to get a hold of Mixon, that's one less thorn in his side. Yes, Chris Evans is there and maybe going to take a little bit of the receiving work. Uh, but this is Joe Mixon's backfield in a week in which I think they can lean on him in this matchup. Uh, but let's talk about the other dynasty darling running back that is also in this matchup in DeAndre Swift at $100 cheaper than Joe Mixon coming in at 6300 He's pretty much a lock in fantasy simply because he gets so many targets and the receiving work that he's getting on a weekly basis. He had six targets in week five and caught all of them. Like the price tag this week at 6300 and sh- think he he should be able to get up to 20 plus DK points if he can get to the double digit carry mark again in week six. How do you feel about Swift in this matchup against the Bengals? Their top two wide receivers of the Lions are out. They're not playing. Uh, Jamal Williams showed up not practicing today with an illness. Uh, I like Swift a lot more after hearing that news as well. So, you know, I, I think he's heavily involved in the passing game. I really like it. Uh, he only has, what, one week under 10 points this season on DraftKings, I think. So, you know, you're going to see Swift heavily involved in the passing game, obviously in the running game. And if Williams can't go, again, you know, when you're the only person in that backfield, that just booms a little bit more for me. So I, I like Swift at $100 less. I think I like Mixon a little bit more. He's set up a little bit better against that that defense. But – I wouldn't hesitate to play either one of these guys right now. They should both be heavily, heavily utilized on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, it almost feels like on a weekly basis. I'm really trying to lock in two running backs in the 6,000 range. Uh, you know, usually whoever I can find a value in a given week, but really th- these two guys are in my wheelhouse for locking into the running back position. Uh, we like Joe Mixon and we like probably the Bengals in this game. Well, once again, that sets up nicely for Swift, who who is on pace for 111 targets this season if he keeps it up. But let's talk about some of the receivers in this game. I'll start with T. Higgins coming in at 5,300. Higgins was back in action this past week after being out the previous two weeks with a shoulder injury. He caught five of seven targets as the Bengals eased him back into action. This matchup versus the Lions is a little bit better of one, in my opinion, and I expect Higgins to really put up some big numbers in this matchup. Uh, I I know that you're in on Jamar Chase this week at Uh, $6,700. Tell me me why I should pay up that much more over a T. Higgins at $5,300 with Jamar Chase. So um, typically the, the Lions are pretty tough on wide receivers. But they allow one wide receiver, it seems, every week to have a big day against them. Uh, Jamar Chase is that guy for me. He He's just been getting it done all season. He has double digits in fantasy every single week. Um, I, I would assume that he's going to be the guy again this week. I know T. Higgins is a little bit less expensive, but if I'm going to pick one of them to go off, I'm picking Chase this week. I know he's a little more, more pricey, but I'm, I'm still sticking with Chase. I've actually been on him uh, probably every week since week one. He's been in some of my lineups in some capacity. Uh, I just really like him. I think the only time I don't have him currently in a lineup yet is this week, but it's not because I don't like him. It's just because price point-wise, uh, I haven't been able to fit him in yet. I, I do like him to be the wide receiver to get that 100 yards against the Lions this week and hold true with their allowing one wide receiver each week to surpass it. I think it's going to be Chase. 
Yeah, well, Chase is definitely getting those deeper shots that we're looking for. But let's talk about a potential money-saving wide receiver on the Detroit side of the ball. You mentioned they are banged up at the position right now with Quintez Cephas going to IR. Uh, this week, TJ Hawkinson hasn't quite been healthy. You know, the first couple of weeks of the season, we thought TJ Hawkinson was going to be a potential league winner. And the past three weeks now in a row, you know, maybe injuries are hampering him. Uh, but he just really hasn't been what we saw to start the year. Uh, but Armand Rosh St. Brown actually, uh, you know, stepped up in a, in a big way this past week had eight targets, uh, catching seven of those for 65 yards. He's 4,200 this week in a game, like we mentioned, that we expect golf to continue to have to drop back and pass. Well, he doesn't have many options, and St. Brown has proved to be a worthy option. The coaching staff is speaking highly on, on where he's at. I, I think this is a great way to get some exposure to this Lions offense. And at 4,200, where are you at with that? So I'm, I'm pretty big on that, actually. Uh, Amon Ra, you know, he's a god. Uh, St. Brown. So it, it's it's eight targets each of the last two games. Uh, the Bengals give up an average of 180 yards and a touchdown to wide receivers weekly. Uh, I mean, if it's not Amon Ra, it's, it's going to be the other kid. Um, I'm sorry, his name's not with me at the moment. Uh, but he looks to me to be getting utilized similar to how uh, Goff would have played with Cup, he's the guy catching the shorter passes. I I like Amon Ra, especially in PPR. Um, so I think he has more value, say on DraftKings, than he would have on on FanDuel. He's probably going to get eight to twelve targets this week. They don't have many other options. Again, if Jamal Williams isn't playing, I think that ups this target share for Amon Ra as well. So you you know you're looking at a game where you you'll have. Um, Amon Ra and, and uh, Swifty probably producing at a high volume. Uh, Hawkinson should be. Depends on how his ankle's looking uh, going into Sunday's game. Well, let's move on into the next game, and I think this next one is a game that you and I will both be targeting as far as centering some builds around, and that is the Chargers at the Ravens, 51 and a half for the points here, and you know, start with none other than Lamar Jackson, who who put together what what appeared to be his worst, uh, you know, matchup of the year as far as his production goes, but he turned it around in the second half. And, and and really showed us just how electric Lamar Jackson can still be, uh, you know, in a potential shootout here. The Chargers have been electric, uh, you know, so this is just a game that I feel like can can really reek of fantasy points, just like just like it it, it did in Baltimore's last game. Ravens are one and a half point favorites in a game total at fifty one and a half points. On top of the game environment, Jackson had, has has had a career year as a passer. He's completing sixty point five percent of his passes for 8.7 yards per attempt while averaging 269 yards passing per game. Uh, you know, Jackson at 7,400 this week, I, I feel like he's almost a must play, really. Uh, I, I love him and being able to stack him with Hollywood Brown potentially again, who has proven to, to really kind of take a hold of that wide receiver one role there for Baltimore. How do you feel about Lamar Jackson today? So the, the Chargers um, are actually pretty good against quarterbacks. Uh, they, they they do give up touchdowns from quarterback position, though, so I'm, I'm pretty certain that Lamar will score uh, some touchdowns this week. Um, they've given up touchdowns to every quarterback not named 
Dak Prescott. He's the only one who did not have a single touchdown against them. So, you know, they can be pretty tough on the quarterback position. I like Jackson this week. I, I Again, he's a player I don't have any, any, any lineups yet because I haven't wanted to pay up for him. But if I'm going to stack him, I'm actually going to stack him with someone else other than uh, Marquise Brown. I'm going to stack him with Mark Andrews this week. And I know we'll yeah. talk about him as well. Yeah, Mark Andrews, 5,200. This past week we saw the breakout game that many of us were hoping for for Andrews as he caught 11 of 13 targets for 147 yards and two touchdowns in Monday night's overtime win over the Colts. He's hauled in a pair of two-point conversions as well on top of that. Now he gets a home matchup with these Chargers who yield the third most PPR points to the tight end position this season, second most if you're talking half PPR formats. 5,200, uh, it, it's, it's hard to get away from Andrews this week, but um, you know I think he is going to be rather chalky coming off the big performance. The reasonable price tag that he does have, knowing that he, that, that ceiling is there, everybody knows it, it was in prime time he was there, so... Uh, but, uh, you know, a lot of these other top-notch quarterbacks that you're paying anywhere near what you're paying for Lamar Jackson to stack his potential number one weapon, you're going to pay a lot more than 5200 So, uh, you know, it, it is a good way to get a, a, a quality stack with a top-five quarterback on this slate and, and not be paid up to, to quite to the degree that you are with, with a Herbert who we'll talk about right now coming in at 7,300. He's completed 67.1% of his passes for 7.6 yards per attempt this year and is averaging 315 yards passing per game. He's already thrown for 13 touchdowns so far this year, and the Chargers throw the ball 63% of the time and run 68.8 plays per game, both rank in the top 10 in today's league. Uh, you know, it, it – I, how, how do you pick between Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson this week? If it, let, let's let's even take DFS out of the equation. Uh, you know, single quarterback league. Are you starting Lamar Jackson or Justin Herbert this week, Mike? That is a tough one. So if I if we're talking season long, um, I think I'm probably going to go with with Herbert this week uh, and. But it's so close. It's like flipping a coin. Both of these guys have been so good this year. Uh, I love seeing Lamar Jackson having a career year. I think he's a good kid um, on top of being a good football player. And I, I like Justin Herbert a lot as well. Um, you know, pretty much a coin flip in, in this game. I think I'm probably going to go with Herbert this week. Uh, I just He just seems to get it done no matter who he's playing against, no matter how tough they might be. Uh, when we're talking about Mark Andrews, by the way, the Chargers are bottom five defense against tight ends, right? They they give up either 100 yards and or a touchdown of the position every week. So if you're going to pay down, he's going to be chalky, like you said. But if you're paying down for a chalk at that position and you're looking at either a touchdown or 100 yards, which more than likely you are, I think it's okay because you can build around that in multiple ways. Um, it, yeah. Man, tough choice between Herbert and, and, and Jackson. I think you can go either way there and be very happy at the end of the day on Sunday. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Baltimore really doesn't have any running backs that I'm interested in as of right now. Uh, however, Austin Eckler is a part of this game, and he's priced up there this week at 7900 uh, you know, and that price tag is starting to creep up, but it, it is well-deserved. Austin Eckler has quietly been producing at a pretty good clip, scoring over 30 fantasy points each of the last two weeks. 
The projected point total is over 50 in this one, as we mentioned, making it a favorable game script for uh, Eckler again this week to get a lot of receiving work. Uh, you know, if you are looking to pay up at running back position, um, you know, 7,900, I, I think I'm going to lean more towards uh, the, the mix-in and the swift price range like we mentioned. Um, but if you do want to get a part of this game and, and think that maybe this is the week to kind of fade Justin Herbert, maybe uh, Eckler does end up just racking up those touchdowns on the ground. You know, Herbert's been super hot lately. You could probably get in with that price tag on Eckler uh, with fairly low ownership, maybe in the 7 to 8% range. Um, so it, it, if it does go Eckler's way, he could have a – a quality game. Anybody else on this particular matchup that you want to mention before we move on to the next one, Mike? If you want to pay down somewhere, Donald Parham, 2,900. He's had a touchdown, I think, in each of the last two weeks. He's looked for in the red zone. Um, While the Chargers are the second worst defense against set ends, the Ravens are the third worst. So, you know, you're, you're banking on a touchdown here. But if you want to pay down that far somewhere, right, to give yourself a, a opportunity to pay up at other places, I think Parm gives you an opportunity to do that um, where, where you're paying down on TV upside and way, way, way down, right, really low, uh, 2900 and that gives you a chance to pay up somewhere else. Yeah, absolutely. Love that call. Anytime I can find a, a, a way in on a game that, that I'm expecting a, a lot of exposure to, but but on a cheaper aspect, uh, you know, I, I love finding that angle in, in a way to get some exposure to some of these games uh, that, that, that we expect to pop a little bit more. Uh, and and I, I'll, that's the perfect segue into our next game which is the Chiefs at the Washington football team, 55 and a half for the points here. That's what we're looking for instantly. This is a game that I'm attracted to, and, and uh, you know, it, 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 it speaks for itself with the player write-ups that we have in this game. It's one of the longer games that we'll probably discuss here tonight because there's so many pieces – uh, that, that you can get in on this week, whether it be cash, GPP, uh, any, anybody in particular you want to start with in this matchup, Mike, uh, who's your favorite play from this matchup? And let's start there. Oof. My favorite play from this matchup is probably not going to play now. So uh, I'm going to go with my, my favorite play overall here. Um, I like Terry McLaurin. Um, 7,100 is what you're going to pay for Terry McLaurin. Last week he got held in check by Lattimore. Um, I didn't think they'd leave Lattimore on him literally the whole game. Kansas City has no one that can do that. Literally no one. You're going to see this guy probably have a big bounce back game. KC averages 165 yards and a touchdown on 11 receptions to wide receivers. He's probably going to get all that if anybody's going to get it from a wide receiver position on on Washington's team. So I, I like McLaurin to bounce back big. Uh, you're looking at somebody who could finish, he's probably going to finish as a top three wide receiver this week. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he finishes that game with 15 targets on the day. And that's coming from quarterback Taylor Heineke. Uh, he's become kind of a GPP darling uh, this week, I think, in particular, uh, when you get to looking for a cheaper quarterback to, for a stack uh, coming in at 5,800 this week. Washington sets up as a six and a half point underdog to the Chiefs. This 
this team that gives up 26.7 fantasy points per game to the quarterback position, which is the sixth worst, 32.6 points per game to opposing offenses, which is the worst, and is PFF's worst-graded defense coming in at 46.2. Sprinkle in the addition that the rushing points that you can get from Heineke on a weekly basis with the need to put up points on the board versus a pissed-off Matt or Pat Mahomes. Uh, I really like Heineke here as a GPP play this week with, uh, as you mentioned, uh, McLaurin there to stack with him. And, and if you want to get get a little bit deeper, you know, RSJ there at the tight end position has shaped up to be one of the, the premier tight end punt plays this week. Uh, he played 82 of Washington's 83 offensive snaps this past week, directly replacing the injured Logan Thomas. Uh, Logan Thomas is going to remain out for the time being for the next at least two more weeks, I believe, and coming in at the minimum of 3000 for Ricky Seals-Jones. Uh, I'm probably going to have a decent amount of exposure to RSJ this week. Uh, I think that's a great play, by the way. The Chiefs give up, what, uh, average six receptions for 93 yards to tight ends. So, you know, you're you're looking at uh, RSJ at 3000 It's a great play. Um Another play, by the way, if you really wanted to pay up somewhere this week, uh, Patrick Mahomes is a great play to pay up with. And, and I say that because the Washington football team, um, the last three quarterbacks who have played against them have thrown for 279 yards or more and four touchdowns each of the last three games. The quarterbacks have been accountable for four touchdowns each game. Mahomes going to make that four games in a row, right? He's he's probably going to have 300 and something yards and four touchdowns with ease. Uh, if he doesn't, I would be surprised. Um, Tyreek Hill looks like he might not play. That was the wide receiver I was going to say. It was looking like a gigantic day. Um, if if Hill doesn't go, and and I already have in my lineups, by the way, Mikul Hardman at 4,200 is just an amazing play this week against that really bad um, WFT defense. Yeah, I feel like Miko is going to be a tad chalky this week just due to the volume that he got this past week. And if Tyreek Hill is indeed out, uh, that would just bode to the chalk a little bit more. I really do like Travis Kelsey's price point of 7000 this week. Uh, that's technically a price drop. Kelsey ranks as the ninth most expensive wide receiver at – or tied in this week and his 7,000 DK salary is 900 less than his average salary over the past 12 games. And this is the cheapest that Kelsey has been since week 12 of 2020. And this game has the highest total of the slate. And let's not forget to mention that Clyde Edwards Lair is officially on IR, maybe leaning towards Pat Mahomes to throw a little bit more. I mean, 7,000 Travis Kelsey, I, I don't know that I'm going to have a lineup without him, especially if Tyreek Hill is indeed out. Uh, Pat Mahomes, as you mentioned, a great play at 8,300. The Washington football team ranks as the fourth worst in football outsiders past defense DVOA at 36%. The second worst in PFF coverage grades as a 39.1 team coverage grade and the fifth worst in passing yards per game with 293.4 Pat Mahomes in a, in a chiefs team that needs to win 
Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Patrick Mahomes throws for 400 and, and four touchdowns this week. And, and at 8,300, you might get enough people that, that are scared to pay up for a quarterback. But I think this is the best situation that he's been in all year long, and I, I expect him to put up the best numbers that we've seen from Pat Mahomes this year this week against this Washington football team. So pay up for Patrick Mahomes, 8,300, and lock in Travis Kelsey. You want to get a little bit deeper, as Mike mentioned, Nicole Hardman, uh, you know, got, got 12 targets this past week and was able to bring that in for nine receptions, 76 yards. They were looking to get him involved. If Tyreek Hill does indeed end up missing this matchup, uh, you can expect another productive day for Nicole Hardman. I, I love the Kelsey play, by the way, as well. Um, you know, his price point dropped wide because he had a horrible game for him. Six catches, 57 yards, and a touchdown last week. I mean, uh, almost every other tight end, you'd be dreaming of getting that every week. Uh, if Hill's out, you're looking for top-notch wide receiver numbers from him this week, not tight end numbers. And I think he's a bargain at that price point. And if you're going to pay up, paying up for Mahomes this week, this is the week to pay up for Mahomes if you want to. This is the game, man. This is the game of the week for me. Yeah, one more guy we'll mention in this game, and then we'll move on, and that is Daryl Williams at 4,900. As we mentioned, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is officially on IR. Williams will be the lead back during his absence. Jarek McKinnon is there and has only seen one carry so far this season. Williams should see the vast majority of the 14.5 carries per game that the Chiefs were averaging, which is the eighth most in the league during the first four weeks of the season as six point favorites. I figure that Williams will see a decent workload in this matchup. Um, you know, and at 4,900, once again, I, I, I don't think he has to do much uh, to, to, to pay off that value. Are, are you going to be interested in Daryl Williams at 4,900 Mike? Uh, I am. I actually have him in lineups already. A uh, couple of lineups I've built already have a triple stack on uh, the the Chiefs here, and then I have a skinny stack on uh, the Washington football team. It's a game where I think they're going to exceed that 55.5 points, and this is this is where you try to use the Vegas numbers right to your advantage. If you have an understanding of what the over is going to be and it looks like it's really going to be a shootout, um, I know some of these guys are going to be chalky because they're the Chiefs, uh, but some of them aren't because the price point's high. So you, you mix some of these guys in with, say, uh, Pittman or some other guys we'll talk about as we go through this that are our lower price points. You, you can build a team that's probably going to be able to reach that 200-point threshold you, you did last week um, or come close to it. Let's, uh, let's move on into the next game. That's the Packers at the Bears, 44-and-a-half for the points. Uh, you know, this is a game I find myself not, not all that interested in. Uh, you know, just due to what we've seen from Aaron Rodgers and, and the Packers kind of unpredictableness as far as Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, Tonian has really been a disappointment this year, as, as many were touting this offseason. Um, but Aaron Rodgers coming in at 7,200 this week after this past week, completing 27 of 39 passes for 344 yards, two touchdowns and an interception uh, this week up against a Bears defense that, 
that isn't quite the same that we've seen this past year, but doesn't necessarily what we would consider a, a friendly matchup for for a quarterback. Where are you at on Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams with his lofty price tag of nine thousand this week? So I'm a big fade on on Aaron Rodgers. Um, the, the Bears defense is actually pretty good against quarterbacks. They've only allowed one quarterback to score over 20 points a season, and that was Matthew Stafford. So while Aaron Rodgers can do that, um, when the the information I'm looking at tells me it's unlikely, I, I would fade him where there's better opportunities at quarterback, even in the same price ranges as him. Um, last week uh, I had mentioned on another podcast that Devonte Adams was due uh, he, he for touchdowns because he didn't doesn't have very many this season and he scored one and he had um, you know a shit ton of yards 206 yards last week so I would pay up for Adams again this week because I, I think if anybody's going to do it there it's him um, and and but there's other shootout games that I'm going to be more heavily invested in than this one. Um, but if there's anybody in this game from the Packers standpoint that I would be willing to pay up for, it's Devontae Adams. Cause I think once again, we're looking at probably another game where he scores because, uh, you know, there's positive regression against the mean and nerd talk. We're talking about a guy who's probably good for 10 to 12 touchdowns and, and through four games, I think he only had one uh, or, or now he only has one. I, I, I would have to go look. I don't remember off the top of my head, but he got one last week. He's behind schedule for him, right? So he's coming. Yeah, we also have Aaron Jones here coming in at 7300 this week. Uh, uh, once again, a little bit on the pricier side, not quite as high as Eckler, uh, but not quite as low as Mixon and Swift as we were referencing earlier. Jones, uh, again, is getting capped practices. Uh, you know, he has been now for a couple of weeks playing through the ankle issues that he's had. Uh, but he has compiled 29 carries for 151 yards and seven catches on nine targets for 57 yards. Uh, he had that one really big blow up week and has, has kind of been somewhat quiet ever since. He might be due uh, in this matchup against the Bears, but uh, again, I find myself not really wanting to get much exposure to this Packers or Bears team for that matter this week. For whatever reason, I, I just can kind of see this game even hitting the under uh, with the 44 and a half even. Uh, I think it would be hedging more towards the under as well. Uh, I'm not an Aaron Jones guys because he's so hit or miss, right? You get a four touchdown game and then you get nothing for weeks or, uh, you know, 10 points only for weeks on end. And then you get another four touchdown game and people typically look at his numbers and, and love him. And I understand why he's really talented, but they don't like to give him the ball in the red zone all the time because Rogers cries a lot about passing for touchdowns. That's how he got his MVP last year. Uh, now they're mixing in AJ Dillon and, and the coach speak this week was that they trust AJ Dillon in the passing game as well. And he had four receptions for 49 yards last week. I think you're going to see Dylan more mixed in it, especially with Jones still somewhat nursing that ankle injury. So, you know, I'm going to fade Jones. Uh, if I was going to play either of those running backs, I'd probably play Dylan at that price point. Um, I'm not playing either one of them. Uh, the, I mean, on the other side of the ball, you have Damian Williams now out with COVID. So Khalil Herbert at 4,600 is a potential pit play if you're looking to pay down. 
Uh, the Packers give up 113 yards and a touchdown to running backs weekly. Herbert had 75 yards in week five. So, I mean, I think we're looking at a guy who might be able to attain that that yardage at least, if not the touchdown against the Packers. So I might pay down for Herbert here. But other yeah. than that, I'm avoiding this game more than likely. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. It's not a game that I want a ton of exposure to. But uh, with the COVID for Damian Williams, that does open up the door for Herbert. And at that price point and the opportunity that we know he's going to get, uh, it almost feels like what we were talking about, a presented value that that you almost, even if it becomes super chalky, which it probably won't. I think there's still a lot of guys that really don't even know who Herbert is or or, or who's stepping into this abysmal Bears offense that we've seen over the course of the first five weeks. So, uh, you know, his, his ownership might not even get out of hand, but the opportunities there and at that price point, I'll probably have some exposure. Let's move on into the next game, though. Mike, try to keep it moving here. That's the Rams at the Giants, 47 and a half points here. Um, and I, I think most of us uh, assume that the Rams are just going to absolutely throttle the Giants in this matchup, which is, is part of the reason that, uh, you know, I have one of my plays of the week in, in this very game. And that is running back Daryl Henderson at 6,000. I love the matchup. I love the price point. The Rams enter this slate as the high favored by 10 and a half points over the giants in this game, 47 and a half point total. Henderson continues to be heavily, heavily involved and has at least 17 touches in every active game this year. The Giants allow the six most yards rushing per game, setting up Henderson as a quality play this week. Uh, you know, this is his backfield uh, on an offense that we know can be very successful in a matchup that that is advantageous for running backs and in a matchup that they are expected to run away and maybe even get a few extra carries. Uh, give me a reason why Daryl Henderson won't be in your lineups at six thousand here. He's he's in he's in mine. He's in three three right now that I can name off the top of my head. He's Mister Consistency. He averages sixteen points uh, a week on DraftKings. His low score is fifteen point seven. His high score is seventeen point two. So if you want a guaranteed sixteen points or close enough, either way, it's going to be Henderson. Um, he's going up against a bottom 10 defense against running backs. Uh, odds are he's going to surpass that, that high as 17.2 this week. I think we're looking at a 20-point score um, uh, or around that at a minimum for Henderson this week. And if you really wanted to cheap out, Sony Michelle's probably going to get mixed in here or there for 4,300 as well. But But I'm big on Henderson this week as well. Yeah, if I was uh, you know, building a GPP and, and and trying to get a little crazy and get some exposure, I, I do agree. I think Sony might be able to get some run here, uh, but Daryl Henderson is going to be one of my top five plays of the week. Speaking of top five plays of the week, SODFS will be releasing their top five plays of the week that you can find at truenorthffb.com as early as tomorrow, I believe. So look for that article to be dropping. Uh, you can also just check the Sons of Dynasty Twitter page where we will definitely have that content posted for you to see. Uh, let's talk about Cooper Cup, the you know 
wide receiver one essentially of the year thus far. Matthew Stafford under center. Cup has seen immense volume, boasting a 33% target share and a 31.6% air yard share. And he's had at least 10 targets in every single game this season, eclipsing 90 yards, receiving in four out of the five games. A hefty price at 7,900, but a great matchup. My one concern would be, as we mentioned, that the Rams absolutely just throttled the Giants and, you know, aren't aren't having to rely on Stafford to drop back and connect with Cup. You know, you're almost hoping that they get together early uh, for one or two big plays. Uh, But 7,900, I find myself fading Cup this week. Wouldn't mind getting some Bobby Trees exposure at 6,100 potentially. That just feels a little bit better of a price point for what I can expect production-wise from this wide receiver core in this game environment. Uh, I, I might be more willing to pay up for Cup, actually, and it's it's based on um, what the defense is thrown at them. So so last week when Bobby Trees had his big game, uh, not everybody's looking at just that they coach speak, they were going to get him involved. But the reasons why, they, they were playing against the zone and they ran him through the seams of the zone. So if if – the Giants were going to run a zone at them. I would think Bobby Trees would be the guy. Um, if not, I you know I think Cooper Cup is going to be the guy. I think Cooper Cup's going to see another ten or so targets this week. Uh, if you're going to pay up, I would pay up for him. I'm comfortable with both Woods and Cup, by the way, uh, to be plays. Uh, this is a game I, I'm invested in. I'm already invested in Henderson uh, pretty heavily. Um, you know, I, I'm okay with Cup and or Woods there as well, if they where they fit into your puzzle. Another cheaper running back that is in this week's puzzle is Devontae Booker at 5,400. Uh, we expect him to see majority of the volume there for the Giants. Um, you know, but 5,400, uh, you know, you're pretty much paying for the volume in, in hopes that he can produce like we saw him produce this past week even, and you would be more than content with that. But 5,400, I don't mind having a little bit of Booker exposure. He's shown that he's capable in, in the receiving aspect enough that even if the Giants do get down, potential garbage time work could be in the cards for Booker. And at 5,400, that might just lean his way. Um, Kadarius Tony, uh, you know, really exploded onto the scene this past week, was part of my puzzle last week. That, that allowed me to eclipse the 200 mark. Uh, yeah, I had a, I had a decent amount of Tony exposure last week, and, and he really did uh, come alive. I know he's been a little banged up throughout the week. Um, you know, maybe he's going to play. There's just a lot with this Giants injury news right now as far as Daniel Jones. Is he going to be available? Uh, Sterling Shepard, Slayton, you know, a lot of guys. I think Galladay is officially going to be out now. Um, so, you know, just a lot of injuries to watch. If they end up being condensed, uh, I think really you want Daniel Jones to play um, more so. But if Daniel Jones does end up being cleared to play and, and potentially the, this wide receiver court is condensed down to just a couple of guys, I might be willing to pull a, a little bit more exposure in a game, as we mentioned, that they're probably going to be trailing and looking to pass. You are literally touching on my feelings for um, Kadarius Tony. So, so in redraft, I actually have a team where all my receivers are like on IR that I drafted. So I'm playing Kadarius Tony there. Um, at DFS, I, I'm waiting till I get some more information. 
it, it appears the Giants realized they could use his speed and how to use his speed the second week of him getting some playing time, and he took off. I mean, God, the kid's fast, right? Um, and in the slot, he just he just took off. So I'm assuming they would play him in the slot still, even with Shepard back, and Shepard would go more to the outside, which would make me like Shepard not so much um, and Tony a lot more. But some of this – comes back to Danny Dimes, right? If Jones is playing, I'm more interested. If he's not playing, I don't know if I'm as interested. Um, uh, another play in this game that you might want if you want to do a triple stack on the other side of the ball with the Rams, by the way, is Tyler Higby. So his price points low, it's 4,400. Giants give up an average of six receptions and 53 yards and a touchdown to tight ends on the season. That's what they give up weekly. Uh, Higby has two touchdowns um, in the last three games. Uh, this is just me counting on McVay being smart because I know he's smart. Uh, I could see him utilizing Hig Higby to, to get a couple of those touchdowns early and get them going. Let's uh, let's keep it moving and move on into the Texans at the Colts. Uh, a kind of a dudder game here with the point set at 43 right now. Carson Wentz coming in at 5,400 facing Houston's 22nd ranked defense at home. Uh, he hasn't scored below 17.4 points in the four games that he's played this year. He, he has plenty of options in Pittman and JT that, that should allow the Colts to prosper over the Texans, but I'm just not sure how much Wentz is going to have to carry the load, and, and, and if I'm interested at his price point here at 5400 even being on the cheaper side. Uh, I, I think the most exciting piece on this particular game is Jonathan Taylor at 6,600. Um, and and it's it's been quite a ride for JT owners. And, and if you've invested in him in weeks past, uh, this past week, you know, was another game that I had a, a decent amount of JT exposure. And it, it was, it, it started out great. He got the three targets on the Colts' first two drives, one of which he ended up actually taking all the way for 76 yard touchdown. And then after that, he only got one more target the rest of the game, and it, it it just didn't quite make sense to me. We're seeing more Marlon Mack get involved and, and Hines. It, it's been kind of a headache for JT owners. You know, that big play really, really salvaged his day in the long run, but I felt like it could have been a lot better than it was. 6,600, a smash week in a smash spot. How do you feel about JT this week, Mike? I like him. Last week on that play you mentioned, he looked like LaDainian Tomlinson to me. I guess I'm showing my age with, with remembering what LaDainian Tomlinson looks like. Um, but he just looked so good on the field. I think they're showcasing Max so they can trade him. Hines didn't play much at all last week. Um, you know, I know they get one of these other guys always involved. It's kind of how I felt about Mixon, right? They The Bengals were always throwing somebody else and getting them involved. Um Taylor at 6,600 against Houston. They have 143 yards and a touchdown weekly to running backs. I, I like Taylor a lot this week. Um, what's he at? Average 4.7 yard, five yards per carry, right? That's pretty good, man. I I, uh, I, I like Taylor this week. Um, there's a couple other pieces in this game I like, even though I don't love the game overall. Like I would probably fade Wentz. I think after his 400 yards, he might actually be a little chalky at that price point here. Yeah, um, jo Jonathan Taylor actually on 35% of his carries have generated a first down 
which is tops in the league as of right now. Uh, you know, so they just need to feed this guy and feed him and feed him and feed him. And at 6,600, I, I am in on JT this week. What about Michael Pittman, 5,500? Uh, like, like you and everybody else probably saw the primetime catch. Uh, you know, straight moss that guy. It was beautiful, and he he has looked good and looked like a true alpha wide receiver one. I think Carson Wentz is really the only thing that is holding Michael Pittman back. Uh, but it, you know, his, his weekly finishes thus far: wide receiver thirteen, wide receiver twenty-eight, wide receiver thirty-seven, and then just this past week, wide receiver fourteen. So he's definitely got the upside. And at fifty-five hundred, uh, I I don't think you can do a whole lot worse. But again, as I mentioned with wins, I don't know how much that they're going to need to really drop back and pass this week. I, I, I think their defense will be able to give the Mills and the Texans enough of a headache to really kind of let this game kind of dwindle down and run. And I think Vegas is spot on with the point total being as low as it is. Let's not waste any more time on this game, though, and head over into the next one, which is the Vikings at the Panthers. 46 and a half on the points here. Mike, I'm going to let you start out. Who are you targeting in this game when building your lineups for this week? So, this is a game where I'm not targeting a lot of people, to be honest. Uh, I'm kind of fading this game, even with what looks like a, a fairly high um, over-under there. Uh, I I like CMC if he's back and he's healthy. Um, hearing he's doubtful now and he might not play, in which case I would probably um, tilt towards Hubbard. Uh, the Vikings give up 117 yards and a touchdown on the ground. So, you know, for the whoever's starting at running back for the Panthers is somebody I'm willing to play. Uh, I would even be willing to pay up again for CMC there. I mean, he averages 23 points a game in DraftKings. It's, it's almost guaranteed 20-point game. Um, DJ Moore is somebody else I, I actually would play here. Uh, I will be playing some DJ Moore. He's going to bounce back. Vikings aren't very good against wide receivers, even though they're not a bad defense. But they're not that great against wide receivers. Uh they gave up prior to playing Cleveland and Detroit. They gave up 100 yards a week um, to at least one wide receiver on a team. Their stats are better than they are because they played Cleveland and Detroit the last two weeks, who don't really have wide receivers, right? So, just made their stats look a lot better. I think Moore's going to bounce back. We're looking at a 100-yard game for him. It's a 7,300 play here, um, but he's somebody I would look to get into a lineup this week. Other than that. Not that big on this game. Yeah, I'm I'm there with you. I do like DJ Moore this week as well. And as you mentioned, Dalvin Cook, if if for whatever reason he is held out again this week, I probably would be back in on Madison as he has shown that he can uh, produce when given the opportunities. Um, but let's move on into, I guess let's let's move on into our monkey knife fight. Uh, section here, Mike. Uh, and for those of y'all who do not know about Monkey Knife Fight, Monkey Knife Fight is the fastest growing DFS platform in the industry right now, affiliated with the NFL, MLB, and NHL teams. Their product is just as strong as their brand power. With DFS prop games for all sports leagues and skill levels, they are sure to have something for you. To get in on the action, sign up at monkeyknifefight.com and use promo code TNFF on your first deposit 
for an instant match up to 50 bucks. So you drop 50 on your first deposit, monkey knife fight matches, and you've got 100 bones to get you in there and start playing. Again, that's monkeyknifefight.com, and the promo code is TNFF to be used on your first deposit. Mike, I have a monkey knife fight prop here for you and I to discuss, and that is in the Kansas City at the Washington football team game. We're looking at both quarterbacks here. Patrick Mahomes passing yards, 316.5. Let's start there. Do you think Pat Mahomes throws for more or less than 316.5 yards? You know, I, I think we're looking at closer to that 400 yards like you mentioned earlier. Uh, I'm, I'm over. Way over. I love it. I love it. I'm right there with you in the over. Let's talk about Taylor Heineke on the other side of the ball. They have his prop set at 268.5 yards here. Where are you on Heineke? Over or under on 268.5? I'm over again. 268 seems really low. Really? Nothing nothing but fireworks in this game. And so we're slamming the over on both of these, locking in with our friends over there at Monkey Knife Fight. And with that being said, Mike, let's move into the afternoon games, starting with the Cardinals at the Browns, 50 and a half on the points here. And let's start with stud quarterback Kyler Murray, 7,900. Uh, you know, starting with a health check here, he didn't miss any of the 61 offensive snaps during his past Sunday's 17 to 10 win over the 49ers, a game that many of us were were excited and thought it was going to be more of a shootout. Ended up kind of being the lackluster uh, performance of the week. And really kind of did a number. As I mentioned, I had a, some Lance and Debo stacks that didn't quite go my way and held me up from really getting into the green that, that would make anybody happy on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, Kyler Murray, 7,900 this week. Where are you at on him? Banged up? What can we expect from Murray this week against this Browns defense? Some I'm, I'm going to be watching the, his health a bit here, right? He averages 26 points. 26.6 points, I should say, on DraftKings a week. Uh, the Browns give up 246 yards and two touchdowns on average pat, um, to the opposite team's quarterback. So, you know, you're going to be looking at a good game if, if he's healthy, right? And the one thing you can count on with Kyler Murray is he's going to do something with his legs as well. Um, last week was his worst game of the season. He's, you know, brought his average down quite a bit. I, I think he had 17 points uh, on DraftKings. Um, if if he is healthy and I'm going to monitor this, I'm playing him. Uh, I, I, I like the matchup. I like Kylan Murray. He's one of the quarterbacks I'm very comfortable paying up for typically. And how about DeAndre Hopkins, 7,800? I think he's kind of more of a fade this week for me coming in at that price tag. Hopkins' target share through weeks one through five is sitting at 20.6%, which is 25th among all wide receivers. Last year, Hopkins' target share was up closer to the 29%, which was third among all wide receivers. Uh, you know, I keep waiting for the week to be the week that DeAndre Hopkins goes off, just like we saw Devontae Adams do this past week. Maybe this is it, potentially. Uh, you know, the Browns have been giving up some points to the wide receiver position, but 7,800, I feel like, just feels like a little bit of an overprice for me for DeAndre Hopkins this week. Murray spreads the ball around really well. Um, so, 
you know, if there's any piece of that passing attack you want, say in, in uh, dynasty or redraft rate right, and season long, it's, it's Kyler Murray. It's uh, the other receivers are going to go up and down depending on what their target share is per week. And it seems to be changing on a weekly basis. Um, I, I actually traded away DeAndre Hopkins in the league for DK Metcalf and was very happy about it. Uh, I, I love DeAndre Hopkins as a player. He's, he's an exceptional talent, but what you said about the target share says it all. I'm, I'm a fade in DFS on him almost every week. It seems since like week two, uh, I'm a fade again this week as well. Well, if you do want to go that route, you can absolutely bet that his ownership will remain low. Um, so, you know, if you're looking to, to to be the first to get in on the week that maybe Hop does go off, this could be a good week to do it. Rondale Moore coming in at 4,600, set a season high in snaps in week five with 48%, ended up catching five of six targets for 59 yards against San Francisco. Um, you know, added another three carries for 38 yards while – that's not, you know, exponential uh, production right there in a game that ended up being 17 to 10. Uh, I think better days are ahead for Rondale Moore and his usage. 4,600, you know, might be a potential option this week. I don't mind him uh, as a flex player this week at 4,600. Let's talk about Nick Chubb, 7,200, and Kareem Hunt, 6,200. Injury concerns uh, uh, for both of them as far as I'm concerned as of right now. I didn't catch a practice update as far as today. Uh, I, I know that both were absent yesterday. And it could be more of a rep management situation than an actual uh, indication that either two might be in jeopardy this week. But uh, both have a decent matchup here this week. I just don't know that I'm going to have much exposure to either. Uh, if I was going to play either one, I'd play Hunt. And that, again, that depends on health. Uh, the price point's less. And uh, I like his work in the passing game and where they don't have a lot of receivers to throw the ball to right now. I think Hunt would be getting used somewhat heavily there again this week. Um, he had 20% target share last week or just below 20% target share. Uh, he also gets carries in the red zone. So if healthy, I'll, I'll take a swing with some cream cream hunt shares i'm not touching nick chubb at 7200 i already know there's better plays out there that we can count on to feel like they're definitely going to score points like daryl henderson and i'd rather go that route to keep it moving here mike give me one more guy that you're interested in this matchup that you might have some exposure to this sunday well, I, I, I wrote this guy up as a heartbreaker, and um, I guess I'm a little torn on him. Um, the Cardinals are tough against tight ends, but as this, the week's going on and everybody for the Browns is hurt, David Njoku um, looks like he might be somebody you might want to play, and not because he went off last week. I really don't care about that, but the price tag of 3700 and the lack of others' in, involvement in the passing game since so many players are hurt, um, he could be somebody that could see volume he wouldn't normally see again this week just because they're they're running out of people to throw the ball to. Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's talk about the Cowboys at the Patriots, 49 and a half. Um, is this a game that you find yourself targeting throughout uh, building your lineups this week or just kind of sticking to the one side of the ball in the Cowboys? Where are you at? Who, who do you like in this given matchup, Mike? So uh, – Players I really like in this matchup 
Um, one is Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, I really like Zeke this week. Um, he's been good all season. Uh, the price point 7,100 isn't too bad as well. Uh, he he's the he's performing weekly at a high level, like an exceptionally high level, better than I thought he would coming into the season. And the Patriots, even though the stats look like they're tough on running backs, they are not tough on running backs. They're tougher on quarterbacks. So if I'm going to play the Cowboys side of the ball, I actually want to play Zeke. He's the guy I want there. Uh, I'm I'm going to fade Prescott. Uh, people are going to think I'm nuts for doing that uh, after Mills ate the Patriots up last week. But the Patriots took away Cooks. That was their plan. They did not think Mills could do any of the things he did, and especially with practice squad players. Uh, they're going to be better prepared for the Cowboys passing game, and that just opens things up for Elliott. And uh, I think they would rather go with Elliott beating them on the ground and trying to keep the game close than allow Prescott to have his way with them. So, yeah, I, I love Elliott uh, in this matchup as well. Uh, Mac Jones, 5,200. Um, you know, potentially if you're looking to get contrarian, but he really hasn't shown us a ceiling high enough to really consider him in, in, in many. Uh, builds Jacoby Myers 5,500. Myers ranks 12th in the targets per game at 9.2, 16th in target share at 25%, 5th in routes with 199, and 7th in receptions with 31. But his fantasy production does not reflect it as he is currently sitting as the wide receiver 36 with 12.6 fantasy points per game. He continues his impressive streak now with 116 career receptions and zero touchdowns to go with it i have high hopes that the streak comes to an end this week against dallas who's allowed 30.3 fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers which is good enough for six worst in the league and the patriots are four point underdogs so potentially we do see mac jones have to drop back a few times more than we have seen thus far and i think jacoby myers at 5500 is a quality play this week where are you at on Hunter Henry at 3,900? So I'm with you on Jacoby Myers, and I, I think we're going to see, again, positive regression against the mean, right, nerd, nerd talk. He's due for a touchdown. He's thrown one, by the way. He just hasn't caught one. Overdue. He's overdue. It's coming. It's coming. There's just too much volume not for it to be there. And speaking of volume, um, somebody who had 27% target share last week was Hunter Henry. Uh, they're getting him more involved in the passing game, which is good since they paid him a lot of money to come to New England, and I'm a Boston sports fan. We want to see this. Uh, he had, what, six catches, 75 yards on a score. Um, Dallas is a bottom 10 defense against tight ends. I like him at 3,900 this week. I really like Hunter Henry. I think they're going to keep him involved. Um, I think they've realized – they can only do so much staying as conservative as, as they want to be with their offense. Um, passing wise, you can pass against Dallas. They'll get the takeaways, but you can pass on them and they're going to pass with these guys. We just mentioned Myers and Henry. And I think Henry is a, a great play at that price point. Yeah. I'm, I'm always, I'm always looking for cheap tight ends and anything below 4K is in my wheelhouse. I like Hunter Henry in this matchup at 3,900. Let's talk about the last game, and it's not much of an exciting one. I should have moved a more exciting one uh, down here towards the bottom, but it's the Raiders at the Broncos, 44 on the points here. Uh, you know, I, I 
I can't find much in this game that I really find myself wanting to build with or around. Give me one or two guys here that you could consider in, in any type of build. I'm going to give you my, my filler piece, all right? So if, if, if you're getting uh, to the end of your lineup and you spent a, quite a bit of your money and you have, like, say, uh, 5000 left, Javante Williams looks like he's ready to pop, okay? Uh, and I'm basing this – not just off as he has only 42% of the snap share for Denver at running back. So he has less than Gordon, but he looks really good on the field. They're giving him the ball a bit more. He had 61 yards on eight carries last week, another 25 yards on three receptions. The Raiders give up the ninth most points to running backs and they give it up to them both on the ground and in the air. So 103 yards weekly rushing uh, four receptions for 32 yards receiving. Um, I'm okay with plugging in Javante Williams. And I have in a couple of lineups, which allow me to pay up at multiple positions. Uh, I like Javante Williams. Yeah. Other guys you might be looking at Darren Waller, 6,600. Uh, you know, he really kind of exploded week one and hasn't really done anything spectacular since the Raiders offense as a whole really looked electric the first three weeks of the season. And they've come crashing back down to earth with the, uh, you know, John Gruden situation unfolding. Not really sure what to expect with this Raiders offense this week. Um, again, this is kind of a game that I am avoiding for the most part. Cortland Sutton, 6,200, um, could, could be somewhere you could go. You know, we did kind of see him really excel this past week. Uh, you know, 11 targets ended up being seven receptions, 120 yards and a touchdown. It was his, his second really big performance of the year, but ultimately this Broncos offense has been so conservative most of the year, kind of willing to ground and pound with the aforementioned Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. Um, so, you know, Cortland Sutton 6,200 feels a little bit pricier than I'd be willing to, to, to pay up for this week. Uh, another reason that I'm just shying away from this game. Mike, anybody else on this game or anybody that we didn't get a chance to mention that you'd like to bring up before we start shutting it down? Uh, definitely no one else on this game, by the way. I'm a complete fade on that Denver passing game this week. Uh, with the coaching change, I'm with you. I'm, I'm feeding Raiders all over the place as well right now. We need to see what's going to happen there. Well, so with, all, with all the guys that we've talked about tonight, and we talked about a lot of them, Give me your one guy that is a cash lock of the week. Daryl Henderson, your guy is the same as my guy. That's a guy I'm probably going to have in every single lineup I, I make. Um, I, I think he's guaranteed, as I said, between 15 and, say, 22 points. And 15 the low. Uh, he's just so rock solid. And this one sets up for, I would say, a ceiling game for him and not a floor. Yeah, absolutely. I love that call. I'm, I'm in on Hendo this week. So if you are tuning in tonight, lock Hendo into a, a few of your lineups this week. Want to get some decent exposure there. Um, take a quick second to do a few shout outs. Uh, make sure you are following the Sons of Dynasty at Dynasty Sons on Twitter. Big shout out to our, our third man here on the episode tonight, Brother Matt. You do not see his face, but he is here live with us behind the scenes. You can follow him at Dynasty Dude. That is at D-Y underscore Nasty Dude. Make sure you are following 
True North FFB at True North FFB and check out truenorthffb.com for the latest articles, whether it be seasonal, dynasty, DFS. You know, we got it all over there. Rankings, anything you need. It's, it's a resource with stats and a tons of, of, of unlimited fantasy football content. Absolutely free at your fingertips. 24 7 so make sure you do check that out mike while we're here uh you know i really do appreciate you coming on and talking this week's main slate with me tell the people what you got going on any, any anything else you got coming up uh where they can find your podcast or your latest article so uh you can find money makers and heartbreakers and untangling the wire on the undroppables uh i drop uh money makers and heartbreakers every thursday it's probably the only thing I'm actually known for on Twitter, right, uh, is that it started with a thread. Um, the Cheat Sheet podcast uh, you can find on Amazon Alexa, Apple, uh, Spotify, almost anywhere good podcasts can be found. Um, that's where you can find me. Those are the places I'm at, at Mike Reedy FF. I answer an awful lot of fantasy, fantasy football questions on Twitter uh, because I like to. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. I deeply appreciate it. Uh, it was a good time as always, and your knowledge is so deep, Dan. I'm always impressed when, I, when I'm around you, man. Absolutely, Mike. We had a uh, pleasure having you on here and hope to have you back on sometime. Maybe I'll even come check out the cheat sheet one night when you have an opening. And even if it's on short notice, even if it's on short notice, I owe you one at this point. I do want to remind everybody that Go check out the podcast, SODFS, on Apple Podcasts right now. Leave us a rating and review, and you could be selected to win a free SODFS t-shirt from our friends there at Viridian Global. So it, it, it only takes a, a few seconds of your time. Go on there, give us a rating, let us know how we're doing. And here in the next episode or two, we will be drawing an, an, another winner to win an SODFS t-shirt from our friends at Viridian Global. We did one for the YouTube subscription a couple weeks back, and Hotbox Bo did end up taking home a free SODFS t-shirt because of it. And it, it should be arriving in the mail any given time. So don't miss your opportunity to get in on that. Uh, rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Just look up SODFS there on Apple Podcasts. Uh, anything else before we get out of here, Mike? Nope. Always a good time, man. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks. Absolutely, Mike. And, and I'm sure we will continue to communicate on Twitter almost on a daily basis as we tend to. Uh, appreciate anybody who did tune in tonight, uh, whether it was for five minutes or the whole thing. Really do appreciate everybody. And until next time, much love to everybody. Thanks, man. SODFS is for entertainment only and to add value to your sports experience. We give you our advice and strategy that we will employ ourselves. SODFS is not intended for those under the age of 18.